Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Hello Peter. Hello Ben. It was your birthday yesterday at time of recording. It was. I did a celebration of the day when I escaped from the womb. From the... Oh yes. God. I thought you meant you did a celebration yesterday but only after you'd escaped you weren't able to start celebrating until you'd escaped from the womb is that not something that everybody does it's like a sort of a birthday escape room where everyone's in a, a giant womb. Repro- reproductive system yeah and you have to escape out of the womb before the time limit runs out otherwise you don't get cake <laughs> you don't get cake no you don't get cake that's how everyone <laughs> celebrates their birthday underground yeah. overground wombling free <laughs> You have to be free from the womb before you can celebrate. It's true. That's what that show was all about, actually. Mm. There's a lot yeah. of subtext there, but you got... Anyway, this is a video game show, we promise. Uh, each and every week, we are sponsored by a different relevant video game entity, and it's totally real, and shut up. Peter has the ad read for this week right in front of him. I've, I've got it right here. Um, let's see. Oh, it's, it's mostly just blank paper, actually. Is it? Oh, no. Oh. It says, it says Cluck and Bell. Down oh. here, at just, the very bottom. Just that. Of the last... I don't know, that's all it said. No. Uh... Oh, d- 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 I d- how am I supposed to... How do I work with this? How do I... What do I do? What do I do with this? It's just a brand name. This is ridiculous. Um, maybe we need to reverse engine... Maybe the... I need to work out what this product could be. I think... I mean, Click and Bell mm. sounds to me... Sounds to me like um, a service that provides... Um, Alarm clocks mm-hmm. um, that uh, while you're asleep uh, and you, you want it to wake up, wake, wake, wake you up in the morning, it says uh, instead of beep, 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 it says cock-a-doodle-doo. Hey, so that's it. Going purely off the brand and, and having no details sent to us whatsoever by the client. Uh, this this week we're sponsored by an alarm clock company um, who, who sells sort of automated Cockerels. Brilliant. I mean, what else are we meant to deduce from the the very few facts we had there? Difficult, difficult one. Well, yeah, that's real. Uh, the I do have one clock. I do have one extra detail for you, though. Yeah. <laughs> According to this, it's fake. Oh, you scamp! No, you didn't. Oh, I, I got you good. I got you. I got you there. I always yeah. fall for it. 
Every time. Every time. You idiots at home, how could you fall for that? No, of course, we are sponsored, as we are every week, by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month, that's 25 cents per week, or your local equivalent. <laughs> it's not a lot. It's not a lot. You get access to the podcast post I put up on a Tuesday. We get your questions from there. We record on a Thursday. Only a dollar a month. We have other tiers available. We'd obviously be super appreciative of your support at any tier, or even just listening and telling other people about it, it doesn't matter. But the show is brought to you by the patrons. Patrons such as... Uh, such as... Uh, Jack Statham. Jack Statham. I mean, anyone with the surname Statham. I'm sure Jack gets this all the time. Uh, mm. They must be related to Jason, right? It's got, to, like, be, it's got to be true. It's got to be. Jack, I bet. I bet that happens to you all the time. And the reason it happens is because it's true. Jack says, hey, Ben and Peter, hope you're doing well. I've recently bought Hogs of War, the card game, and was wondering if you have any games that you would like to see turned into a board slash card game version. I didn't know there was a Hogs of War card game until we were asked this question. See, this is why I'd, I grabbed it, because I thought it would be of great interest to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I haven't looked any more into it, but I, I thought that was quite a revelation. Let's have a look. Hogs of war card yeah 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 oh it looks I, like I it's recent at, yeah i looked uh I, I googled it when i saw that question and there's like a certainly a tabletop simulator version where uh there's cards and tokens and things i think you might be able to get it separately as well but it's definitely available in tabletop sim which is interesting yeah. um in fact talking of uh in talking of hogs of war before we get too into this question uh, this week, maybe we should be maybe we should be walking somewhere like that, shouldn't we? Oh, We've fantastic. not talked about where we're walking yet. Yeah, I, I saw it on the running schedule. I thought, oh, we're going to have to go back to that after the question. Yeah, well, let's do it now. Maybe yeah. we should be walking across some sort of uh, World War One battlefield. Oh my goodness! Can we be in black and white as well? Yeah, I think we should be. Oh, yeah. fantastic! Do you have a particular war zone that you're you're fond of that you remember? Oh. Uh, God, I mean, they were all they're all equally. Uh, they're all up there, weren't they? All equally adjective, yeah, something. Um, Top-notch war, that. Yeah, what a lovely war. What about, uh, you know the muddy one? That one that was really muddy? Oh, yeah, I think they call it the Song. Yes, right, the Battle of the Song. Yeah. Okay, we'll go to the Song. Okay. Just make a note. Uh, Walking across a tasteful the Song. Yeah, which may just involve you not actually getting a photo of the Song. Just a photo of a muddy field. Yeah, I suppose yeah. that will do, won't it? Yeah, because who's to know? I'm t- no not, one, not me. None of our listeners were there. <laughs> no, only you. Only me. Yeah, I'm the only one. Uh, so, Hogs of War is a card game. That's good to know. I yeah. might give it a try at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, I tap and think. There's there's one game uh, that I have always thought would make a really good card game since it came out way back in 2003 Ooh. on PC. Um, it's a game I've thought about streaming as well. Don't know if we've ever talked about it. It was called Impossible Creatures. Ooh. Are you aware of Impossible Creatures? No, I'm not. Impossible Creatures was a PC game. It's available on Steam. I think I've got it actually. Uh, I certainly have my old hard copy. Um, where you were able to combine animals in exactly the way that you used to combine animals when you drew them when you were about eight years old. Like, you know, a rhino with a scorpion's tail and pincers. Right. Or 
you know, a shark, but it's got the head of a tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, that is literally what you can do. And it's way more um, versatile and, like, mechanically competent than you would think it, it than, you know, than, than it sounds. Like, it sounds like, okay, you can do that, but can you really? Mm-hmm. Like, no, you, you really do get two animals side by side on, like, the, the left and right side of the screen. And then in the middle, there's this big... Uh, version of the animal that you're making and on the left and right you just tick like head tail arms or whatever on either the the animal on the left or the animal on the right and in the middle it generates an animated 3d model like a a proper 3d model that can move around it can like swim or fly or or walk Um, and then you go into it's an rts game then you go into rts mode and you just build armies out of like several different hybrid creatures. Jesus, um, it sounds like you're playing. Are you playing God? It is like playing God, oh, God himself. Me, how blasphemous! Yeah, and in the single player mode, you have to go out and like dart animals in the wild. Oh my God, that's amazing! To get to get their DNA, uh, but in the in, there's like a creature creator mode, uh, which isn't part of the campaign, and you have all of the animals available to you, and there's like. 40 or something and then they released an expansion pack later on that had another i don't know 12 or something like that so i've always thought that would make a really good card game where you could like spend most of the time or you know maybe 50 percent of the time sort of walking around a map possibly sort of darting animals or like looting uh like old laboratories and you find like scorpion tail or rhino horn or you know things like that and then you put them all together to make a creature and Mm. based on what parts you use uh on these on that you know it's all on cards and based on which cards you use to make a creature it's got different stats and abilities and stuff and then you fight them against your opponent you've got to find Um, out which one's stronger yeah exactly yeah that sounds good yeah, I, I've I've kind of always wanted to play that game, and maybe it exists in some form. Like there might be something a bit like that out there already. But uh, yeah, I think Impossible Creatures would be a great card game. Nice. Yeah, I thought we could uh, segue quite easily into talking about a board slash card game that I'm already quite glad exists, which is the Dark Souls board game. Yeah, yeah. the time we played it at Scott's house, Scott from mm. What Culture, when we used to work there. We went over to his house and we played this Dark Souls game and we learned afterwards that we didn't do the rules correctly at all. Yeah. Uh, But it was amazing with all the minifigures and stuff. And you can buy the minifigures now separately online because they're Mm. so detailed. People paint them and sell them. Yeah. Um, And I just think it's such an inspired idea. And there's a Bloodborne one as well. And I'd love to try that too. But the problem is that you need to be, and this is no slight against Scott, of course, but you need to be with someone who knows exactly what they're doing to just sort of hold your hand and walk you through it. Yeah, well, when when we played it, I think it had only just come out. Hadn't it it? I don't think Scott had even played no. it himself yet. So yeah, that's why right. we we all struggled. So, it's, yeah, it's definitely not a slight against Scott. No, it was, 100%. It fresh off the presses at the time. We had a... Um, I think we got sent it, didn't we? Or did he buy it? I wasn't sure if he bought it or got sent it. Either way, it was very early on in that game's life cycle yeah. that we played it. But uh, we used to run in the same sort of uh, board game group, Peter and I, uh, that we would play occasionally outside of work together. And uh, he had tons of board games, and he was amazing. He'd just hold our hands, literally, and yeah. drag us kicking and screaming through these games. And I think with a game like that, or any board game really, it helps to have someone who's super well-versed in it who can just help you through it. Um, mm. And I would love to give that game another go at some point, mm-hmm. uh, playing 
with the with the correct rules and so on. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just think it's 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 really fascinating how they've managed to uh, translate the gameplay of Dark Souls and Bloodborne into into a board game. Yeah, definitely. It's because it's not an easy feat, and it's also not easy. You can't just take any game, you know, like me and you can't necessarily pick our favorite games of all time and go, oh, I'd love to see that in board game form or card game form because sometimes they just don't translate well enough. You know, Call of Duty probably wouldn't be a very good uh, card game or board game. There might even be one because it's that much of a big franchise. But like, you know, my first thought would be that wouldn't be very good. Mm. Um, I'm not going to have to find out whether there really is one now that I've just slated (laughs) the idea. Yeah. but, I want to. Yeah. I want to play a Minecraft board game. Yeah. Yeah. Roll. Roll for initiative. Oh, sorry, your shovel broke. Oh man, <laughs> it's just like the real thing. There is a Call of Duty Black Ops free for all card game. Fantastic. Of, of course there is. There's always going to be a card game. Yeah. Son Definitely. of a gun. Literally. Mm. Son of a gun. Well, thank you very much for that question, Jack Stotham. It's Mm. time to move on to a section that's never been attempted by human beings in recorded history. It's called What We Play In. Scarlet Fire. It's time for What We Play In. Peter, Mm -hmm. what you play in? Question mark, exclamation mark, Tilda. Maybe you should be asking me what I finish in (gasps) this week. Go on. It's happened. I finished on stream Resident Evil 3. Nice. Um, I I enjoyed that game overall. I managed to get like eight or nine hours out of it, even though nice. a lot of people said it was really short. I guess I'm just bad or <laughs> spent a lot of time. I think you're probably smelling the roses, right? Yeah, I was definitely doing a lot of that. I mean, I was I was running back and forth, like going, oh, there's like one, there's a little bottle of like gunpowder in that room way back there. I better go and get it. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm being literally chased by Nemesis in the middle of a semi-scripted <laughs> event. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I I definitely got time out of it. I uh, I as I've said for the past three or four weeks, I really love that engine and the the clean HUD and and UI on the uh, inventory. Uh, and you know, it looks really good. That game, gameplay wise, it's not Resi Two, but overall, I was really pleased with it. I had a good time, and uh, oh, little little detail as well, something that. I mean, hmm, I don't know. This is a very minor... I think I can talk about this. It's not a proper story uh, plot point, but it's a little Easter egg that hints at maybe Resident Evil 4. So plug your ears if you don't want to hear this. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm not listening. In uh, in one of the uh, labs um, under, you know, like in the, in the sort of final area of the game, there was a note that said that Nemesis... Um, Part of like the way that they made him was by using parasites in him, which uh, you know it wasn't just the T virus. It was like they used a, pir- a parasite on him to control him, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously that's what happens in uh, Resi Four. That's all parasite-based zombies. Uh, it's not like Umbrella zombies at all. So yeah. uh, the people in my chat were saying, "Oh, well, that's not that wasn't in the original game. That's a kind of new note that they've added in." So it looks like maybe they're intentionally trying to link it all together and uh that might not necessarily mean that they're going to make uh, a, a resi 4 remake but uh you know at least they're trying to sort of try and tie everything up a little bit neater than it has been maybe over the past 10 15 years because it's it's one of those franchises isn't it i compared it to kingdom hearts <laughs> to an extent in right. uh, during the stream it's not quite kingdom hearts which really is a mess but resident evil has had a lot of 
branching paths and blind alleys and spin-offs and things that like god it really didn't need to do um so i think it needs tidying up a bit and i'd really like to think that they're gonna maybe take things back to basics do a do a few more remakes maybe and then use that as a as a point to go forward without all the kind of complicated spin-offs and stuff then kind of semi forget those and sort of retcon them without officially retconning them yeah but uh yeah it's intriguing to see where they're going to take it next and i you know as we've said resi 4 doesn't need a remake but if they do it i'll be really excited that they're doing it just because it's an opportunity to play it again in a slightly different way so yeah definitely i'm I'm looking ahead to that it'll be your uh the, the, the closest equivalent for you i imagine for the final fantasy 7 remake yeah, guess so. Yeah, it's like a yeah, beloved definitely. game of yours. I know, obviously, you've had Spyro and Crash, but as mm. platformers, there's not much really different they could do with those. But here, they could like completely reinvent the wheel. With, oh uh, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, I th- Resi Four. I think they would to to a certain extent. I think if they do it, it's not just going to be a you know because it, otherwise it would effectively be a remaster, and that game is already uh, available in HD. So um, yeah, you know. Uh, so yeah that's intriguing i've also <clears throat> played a little bit of minecraft solo Ooh. um i know you've been on and off doing bits and bobs here and there uh yeah. outside of our multiplayer stream um and uh, it made me think yeah god i have a lot of fun when we're playing it together i've got uh a bit of a hankering to play it myself as well now solo so done a little bit of that um so yeah nice. just uh what are you building uh, well, I'm playing survival mode. I'm playing playing like proper survival, so mm-hmm. it's all quite functional at the moment, rather than like you know. I think you built a fish tank, didn't you, and stuff like that. Hey, it's an aquarium. Okay. It's at least an aquarium, six sorry. fish tanks. Okay. Yeah, I guess a fish tank would just be like six <laughs> blocks of glass and, and a very piece of water. very sad collection of fish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've got like sort of practical, boring things like a a, a tree farm and a uh you know stuff like that so uh but yeah i'm enjoying it i'm mining i'm smelting doing all the stuff looking out for monsters so yeah having a really good time excellent and we'll talk more about minecraft and its uh soothing powers later on actually in a Mm. question we've got but it is we will it is very therapeutic that game um yeah it is thursday my dudes which means we'll be streaming it later today at the time of recording anyway and i'm Mm. very much looking forward to that yeah i always do it's gonna be nice it's gonna be dead Mm. nice yeah. Is that what you play? That's what I play, uh, which means it's now time for you to say what you play. I will tell you what I play. Uh, I played mm. a little bit of Dark Souls 3, and uh, I've not gone back to that game for a while, and I was not very good, by which I mean I was fine, but I was also, I may have been imbibing a little, and I might have been a little bit intoxicated, and it was <laughs> I was struggling rather terribly uh but it's still you know it's a phenomenal game and uh, i really really like it it is for me the pinnacle of the dark souls series it's very 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 good and i like it a lot uh played some i played quite a lot of actually uh call of duty warzone yesterday uh Mm -hmm. with uh some old school friends old school friends old school friends i see and uh because it was my birthday and i was like well i've got plenty of time to kill today let's uh let's put out some feelers and see who's around who wants to play some warzone so i had myself and four other friends but you can only play uh as 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 a team of four maximum Mm. and one of the and this is like this is this is some problem solving and isn't the current video game climate actually quite magical 
time now what i'm about yeah. to what i'm about to describe what we ended up doing so there was only four of us that could play at once one of us was uh playing on xbox so they were doing cross play so we we're playing with someone not even on ps4 already right. pretty cool and uh, so basically what we did is we played as a team of four and i was allowed to play every game because i was the birthday boy and oh. the xbox guy was allowed to play every game because he was on xbox but the three other PS4 players, whoever got the lowest score in our team in a round, had to sit out the next round. And I would then share play my perspective to whichever PS4 owner wasn't playing that round so they could still sit in the chat and they could still watch my perspective and join in the conversation and be involved and like nice. spot stuff. And we played for like three or four hours yesterday evening and it was super fun. And that game is a lot of fun, but I can understand if you take your Battle Royales very seriously how actually it might not be a lot of fun and quite frustrating. But I really enjoyed myself and uh, I think it's just a very, very polished game if you can get past the the sort of 12-inch thick menus which have menu upon sub-menu, pop-up upon pop-up. There's like 12 different buttons you can press to view invites and friends lists and stuff. It's awful. It's so it's so free to play. It's peak Activision. Um, it would be better as a card game, surely. It would be way better as a card <laughs> game. I was actually thinking when you said there's probably a Call of Duty card game. It's like there's got to be top trumps. But given how much Call of Duty fetishizes war anyway, it would probably <laughs> mm-hmm. just be... A, just a marketing campaign for like gun manufacturers because you just yeah. have stats about guns you know yeah. how cool is captain price on a scale of one to ten well i win because captain price is the coolest character well i got the one with the ghost on his face i think he's called ghost face or something yeah remember the ghost one called killer. soap <laughs> which yeah. one is the cleanest well soap's got the highest clean rating so he's he's the winner there <laughs> uh outside of warzone uh, like you said, I've played played a little bit of Minecraft, just uh, just flip flopping around in there, and it's uh, lovely. Just just some nice chill game. Oh, also, Final Fantasy VII, the original as well. I'm near the end of the first disc. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not like playing it every night, but it's something I can dip into every now and then. It's it's still mm-hmm. great. I like it. Oh, very good. <sighs> well, yeah. that's what we play in apparently. Like, that was very very efficient. Um, it's time for another question. I think. Uh, do you want to read it? I do. Uh, we both actually took one of these yesterday. We took a Caleb holiday. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Oh, uh, this is actually this is from Caleb Holiday. Thank you very much, Caleb. Uh, what current gen games would you like to see a remaster slash remake of in ten years' time? Maybe a game uh, was a little before its time and would benefit from the improved hardware, or maybe you just had a really good time playing it and would love to play it again. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you, Caleb. I thought this was a really good question. But also, in some ways, one of the hardest questions we've ever been asked. <laughs> You've had because... most of your childhood games already. Well, yeah, not even... Uh, but, I mean, like, obviously, current-gen games, you know. Mm. The point is, I was I was racking my brains going through all the current-gen games and thinking, man, I can't think of... Like, either the games are really good and it's hard to imagine them remastered or ever needing a remaster. So, you know, something like Spider-Man was a great game. Yep. How would you... In some ways, how would you improve upon that, other than maybe graphically? Um, I, I have guess bent so, uh, the rules ever so slightly, I will say. Mm-hmm. I, I'm including okay. last gen. I'm including PS3 as well. Oh, okay, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, maybe I should have done that too. So I was sort of racking my brains. Because um, I thought any game that's like good enough for me to want to play it again, if it ever gets remade, is already so good now that it's hard to imagine <laughs> what improvements could be made. But I came up with a couple. Uh, number one, Little Nightmares. Um, oh, yeah. I think that game was, for the most part, really good, um, but just a little bit clinky clunky 
here and there, just in terms of controls and some of the physics were a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would maybe nice, maybe be nice for it to have a bit of extra content as well, anyway, just to sort of extend it. I know there's a sequel coming out soon, but in any case, if they uh, either remastered or remade Little Nightmares in a few years' time, I would definitely be interested in playing it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a game that I never even got round to playing. Um, but I know from sort of reviews and, and what I've seen about it would definitely um, benefit from a few hardware improvements, potentially, is um, A Plague Tale, Innocence. Oh, yeah. You know, the rat game. Yeah, that looks really good. Um, it looks really good. And I keep meaning to play it, and hopefully I will get around to it at some point. Um, but I'm just aware of the fact that, uh, you know, they, they certainly did what they could in terms of the swarming rats mechanics. And, you know, they, they've done a very good job with, uh, you know, the resources available to them. But I just think if you remade that game in 10 years' time, um, you know, the the possibilities for controlling that sort of uh, stuff would be... Uh, God, I mean, I, I think by then I'd like to think we'll, we'll be able to have, you know individual rats behaving in like <laughs> individual ways rather than what was probably just very clever kind of liquid mechanics almost yeah. um, i think they actually did say they designed it when we talked to we went to a, a talk with the devs for that game it seems like years ago now mm-hmm. uh, i think they did say oh yeah they essentially just behave like liquid form um so you know in 10 years time the ai and and the processing power available uh, i think that game could be incredibly uh sort of uh, scary and overwhelming but yes. also uh impressive yeah yeah awesome uh one that's always developing and one that we have spoken about already and we're going to talk about again and we can't seem to stop talking about at the moment but think how different minecraft 10 years ago looks to now yeah i knew they said minecraft yeah and, uh, i know it's not technically a remaster or a remake but certainly as Probably the best example of games as a service, but not being horrible uh, or, you know, nasty. A game that just continues to develop that you could have bought once in 2009 and could still be playing the same version today, but massively updated. Uh, Just imagine what it's going to look like in 2030, because it will still Mm. be going. I can't imagine it's going to stop anytime soon. Yeah. It's just too big to fail. Um, So I'd like to see what that looks like. Uh, Being very cheeky and hopping back to sort of PS3 era which, you know, was, was still within the last decade, thereabouts. Uh, yeah. I think Bioshock deserves a, for want of a significantly better phrase, glow up. Uh, right. It's still beautiful, and I think that's part of its charm, but imagine how amazing it could look mm-hmm. on PS5 or Xbox Series X, you know? That, yeah. would, uh, that would be amazing. The one I want the most, though, is Dark Souls. I would right. like to see Dark Souls remade, even now, just from the from the ground up. I'd like to see that remade. So much of that game is it's sort of... The mechanics are finicky because they're sort of unlike anything else. But when you get used to it, it's really satisfying. So it would mm-hmm. be difficult because whoever handled it would have to make sure that it plays exactly the same whilst while looking really good. And that may not translate, just like Final Fantasy VII Remake. The gameplay of the original Final Fantasy VII would not translate to a game that looks like what we got with Final Fantasy VII Remake. So they've had to completely change it around. So there would be a difficult uh, middle ground or or a difficult balance to to strike there. Although the closest we're going to get very soon, if all the billions of rumors are to be believed, is that Bluepoint games are remaking Demon's Souls 
and uh, they'll right, be a yeah. pretty pretty good judge of 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 how that can sort of translate into into the modern era at least. Um, but if anyone can do it, Blue Point Games can because they're miracle workers, mm-hmm. and they're amazing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's what I think. <laughs> well, if I uh, if I quickly off the top of my head delved back one generation which mm-hmm. i think was probably the right thing to do actually i would play oblivion <laughs> over again for oh, sure if that yes. came out yeah. remastered uh, it wouldn't even need to be remade as such like if they just sort of or maybe yeah no just just remastered you know in a, in a really nice way yeah um also i thought just now uh uncharted the original trilogy mm-hmm. we've had them remastered of course in the nathan drake collection but what they could really do with is just a few gameplay tweaks mm-hmm. so if in sort of five ten years time i don't think it's ever going to happen but if if they actually essentially remade those rather than just remastered them and just sort of fixed a few of the bits that haven't aged as well especially in comparison to uncharted 4 mm. um that would make all the difference i think because you go back and play those now and you're like yeah these are these are good but god uncharted 1 you just kind of start shooting in the first level and then eventually stop shooting in the final level and then go oh <laughs> i've done it now yes. this is it um so yeah uh and then the other the other game that one of my favorite games of the previous generation was a launch title for the 360. I think it was a launch title. Was, Rockstar uh, Tennis. Yes, of course. Uh, Condemned Criminal Origins, yes. I think, was a launch title. Uh-huh. And God, I, I bring that up every sort of sixth podcast, but it's such a good game. And I'd when play that again it? in a heartbeat. I, you know, I will do It's just, it's a faff, isn't it? How am I going to, oh, I, I guess there's a 360 emulator. Is it on PC? There. I was just thinking that. I'll have to look that up. If it's on PC, I'll try and, I'll try and give it a go. But uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, those are some old older games as well that I would love to see in if, some new form. If I were to put this question on a torture rack and absolutely stretch it to its limit and jumped back in a, a generation before PS3, yeah, uh, this is one that I, I mention all the time and I, I won't stop until they actually do it. And I sincerely, sincerely believe that if Konami want to get back into people's good graces, this is how they do it. They bring mm. David Hayter back as the voice of Snake and they do a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3, the best Metal Gear Solid, in yes. the MGS5 engine. A ground-up remake, identical, basically, with the gameplay tweaks that were introduced in, in MGS5. You've got David Hayter back as Snake. It's beautiful. It's got the best soundtrack. It's got the best story. It's the best Metal Gear Solid game, and fans would... I feel like they'd probably forgive Konami in a heartbeat if they if they actually pulled the trigger on that. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I don't know why they're not doing it. I mean, I don't know why they've done anything. I suppose that's part of the problem. But, you know, if they did do that, I think it would be a very, very wise business decision. Uh, I agree. And would also like to add, Condemned Criminal Origins is available on Steam. <gasps> there you go. Oh, I've got to stream that now, definitely. Fantastic. It's a bit spookums, but yeah, it's a great game. Oh, well, you know, bring um, something that I introduced with the uh, Bioshock streams that I did is that everyone has to bring along a fear friend. So okay. everybody buddies up in the chat. So there's already a pre-existing fear friend system established within the community. So everyone will be brave together mm-hmm. to watch your spooky streams. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. I'm really glad that... I don't know why I never checked that. Because uh, a lot of uh, 
so-called exclusive games for <laughs> Xbox uh, available on PC. Yeah, they so, are. Um, yeah. They are console exclusive. Yeah. What, whatever yeah. that means. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Blimey. Anyway, great question, Caleb. I hope you enjoy your holiday. Mm, yeah. It's time to move on to something really, really weird. Smells weird. I can smell the weird from here. What is it? What is that smell? I don't know, but I've got some papers in my hand. Yeah? Yeah. What are we going to do with these papers? Stack them. It's time for weird news. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's weird news time, everyone. Time for some weird video game news from around the world. I mean, the the name of the section speaks for itself, but just in case you're an idiot, basically we both bring along a piece of gaming news that's very strange, or the strangest that we can find within, you know, five minutes of looking on the internet. Uh, yeah. Peter's got one, I've got one, and Peter's going to go first. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's, uh, it's Luke Plunkett from Kotaku, because of course it is. Yeah. Um, and keeping with the because of course it is format, Luke Plunkett's actual wording in his headline here is it's 2020, so of course an armed Pokemon was at a lockdown protest. Uh, okay, I've seen I've seen this going around, but I don't know the context. <laughs> so of, so instead of the headline just being armed Pokemon at lockdown protest, Luke Plunkett is clearly just so sick of 2020 already that <laughs> that's how he decided to write it. But uh, here we go. Yeah, this is Kotaku. Uh, unfortunately, as well, I should say, this is somewhat of a... It's a more of a visual story, um, which, you know, they don't make the best podcast uh, weird newses, but here we are. So what are you going to do about it? Uh, you can do some Googling yourself. Right, so here we go. Because the United States of America is a rapidly failing state, one incapable of performing even the most basic civic functions, a stay-at-home order issued by the governor of Michigan, like those enacted everywhere else around the planet to save lives, has been met with armed protests. (laughs) And armed Pokemon. Among the small crowd of assholes, crackpots, and M-A-G-A chuds, what does MAGA stand for? Uh, I'm, Something I'm, about make, make America great again. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, God, I forgot all about that. Unfortunately, I'm so sorry. I had to. 
reminds yeah. you. Mm, thanks. And make America great again, chuds, that gather today outside the Michigan Capitol, ostensibly to argue that Governor Gretchen Whitmer's lockdown orders are infringing on their personal liberties and threatening the state's economy, the Detroit News spotted this Pikachu. Normally content to employ Quick Attack or Thunderbolt... Th- uh, or Thunderbolt, on this rainy day, it was carrying an AR-9. Nice. Um, and there is a tweet with a photo of Pikachu, which I will send you on Slack. Thank you. Uh, those of you listening to the podcast will be able to see the uh, the link to this article. Oh, for Christ's sake. It's not even a good is. Pikachu costume. No, it's all sort of bloated and... What's he going to... Of... What's he even going to do? Right, okay. Two questions. Yeah. Where's he going to put that gun? Mm-hmm. He hasn't got a strap. There's no, no. holster. He's d- and also, how's he going to aim it? How's he going to yeah. shoot it? How's he going to hold it? He's barely able to hold on to it in that costume. He's sort of clutching it to his chest. Yeah, um, he's not even holding it right. He's got no fingers, really, for dexterity. There's just sort of some a few little nubs on the end of his big Pikachu hands. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I've just scrolled down. I didn't realize there was more to this story, but uh, oh god! So Luke Plunkett embeds that tweet in the article and says, "Here we go." There's there's a picture, and then puts, "I just can't anymore." Here are a couple more shots from another Detroit news reporter, and this is possibly the best image of a gun wielding Pokemon I've ever seen. Okay, it's taken from so far away, but you could just. <laughs> Pikachu walking down the street with a gun. Uh, I don't like his regular human feet. Yeah, it's so strange. His little little legs. Is he walking past a child? Is he walking past a child holding a gun just out in public? Is that possibly? Is this a thing? Why is this even allowed? I don't. I I don't don't understand how these people aren't all thrown in jail for being idiots. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, Luke ends with, uh, if there's ever a definitive book on the country's effed-up response to this pandemic, I hope Morrison's photo is the cover. Um, So, wow. Andy Morrison being the person who took that first photo of Pikachu with the gun on his chest. Unbelievable. That would make the perfect title and thumbnail for this podcast. But YouTube probably won't let us have a gun on it. No. on, On the thumbnail. Sadly not. That's really sad. But we we will link to the article in the link dump. So please go and look at that photo. Yeah. And uh, pay your pay your respects to the editor of Weird News at Kotaku, Luke Plunkett, who who continues to go above and beyond for us. Yeah. Thank you, Luke. Thank you so much, Luke. Uh, ben, have you got a weird news? I do. the The headlines actually changed now because the story's been updated, which it, which is useful. But I'm I'm gonna have to make up. The original headline, because otherwise it just gives away the whole story, basically. Okay. So, let's just go with... Footage has emerged of Gears of War 3 running on PlayStation 3. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. This is from Push Square and Sammy Barker. We know that one, and we know that one. Yes. This is the original story here. Well then, Gears of War is well known as one of Microsoft's tentpole franchises, but the Redmond firm didn't outright own the franchise until 2014 when it acquired the intellectual property from Epic Games. Up until that point, there had always been rumours that the series may one day appear on Sony systems, and apparently the Unreal Engine maker started work on a port for the PlayStation 3. 
Mm. Embedded above is a full playthrough of Gears of War 3, supposedly running on a PS3 development kit. It's buggy and unfinished, you'll even still see Xbox 360 bucking prompts and references to Xbox Live, but it dates back to May the 19th, 2011, which is roughly six months prior to the threequel's original release on Microsoft's system. This is an epic-made build of Gears of War 3 for PS3, explains Leaker Proto in the YouTube's video description. As far as I know, I'm the only person with a working build of this particular data as well. I don't know why it exists, I don't know why it was made, all I can do is speculate. He goes on to explain some of the bugs and issues present in this build. And then we've got an update. It didn't take long, but Gears of War creator Cliff Blazinski has commented on this so-called PlayStation 3 build of the series' third game, claiming that he's 99% sure this is fake. He added, You'll need to ask Epic Games boss Tim Sweeney. It may have been a test for the engine or something, but I doubt it. The debate rumbles on, blah blah blah. There's been another update. Oh. After a back and forth between various sources, Epic Games has told Kotaku editor Stephen Totilo uh, that the PlayStation 3 build of Gears of War 3 embedded above is real. However, Ooh. it was never planned for release. This footage is a byproduct of Epic's internal Unreal Engine 3 testing process, which utilized both Gears and Unreal Tournament and was never part of any actual product work for PS3. So there you have it. This really is Gears of War 3 running on a PS3 dev kit. Unfortunately, it was never intended to see the light of day. Uh, so they were just doing sort of some Unreal Engine tests on PS3 and they happened to be using a build of Gears just as a as a test pilot in a, in a sense. Yeah, it sounds like they were just yeah. using games they had developed in-house to yeah. to test out the system. But that's super interesting and that... Yeah. Uh, YouTube user is extremely lucky to to have that code because that's got to be very rare to see a, mm. an Xbox exclusive running on PS3, even if it's a bit weird. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting—a proper little uh, curiosity from the gaming yeah, world. Yeah, definitely. Very strange and and weird. So weird news. So weird. Oh well, hmm. uh, let's move into slightly less weird territory, but yeah. uh, uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see how we get on. This is from Carrie Buchter. I hope I said that right. Uh, hi, lovely boys. I was wondering if, when you create a new character in a game, do you have a preferred sex to play? Not meant to be controversial, but I was curious, since my husband always creates a female because he likes the idea of being something he's not. And I just create whatever I feel like at the moment, uh, although my initial character in a brand new game is usually female. Love your content. Hope you're both doing well. I can't reread this message. Sorry for any spelling mistakes. <laughs> Um, okay, thank you, Carrie. There were, there no, were spelling no, mistakes. no spelling mistakes. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. Uh, good. Well, so I think certainly in my for for me, um, it depends entirely on the game that I'm playing. I uh, in in certain games, I will sort of create myself. I think, um, but only sort of games that are set in the real world, and even then, not not all games set in the real world. So something like. Um, a Tony Hawk's game I would have made myself. Maybe even a wrestling game when I used to play those, I might have made myself. Um, but in the likes of GTA or uh, Red Dead, you know, I wouldn't make myself in a game like that necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, however, I, in answer to the question, really, um, when I'm not creating just a, an in-game version of myself, I don't really have a preference one way or the other. I don't always play male. I don't always play female. Um, I find that, like, in certain games, I always play the same thing. Um, but... Stealth Archer? 
Yeah, exactly. Stealth Archer, uh, male Khajiit in Skyrim. Right. Uh, always. Always a male Khajiit for some reason. But equally, Star Wars Jedi Academy always play the female Twi'lek for some reason. I don't know mm. why. Uh, so I guess, really, in answer to the question, no, I don't always play... Um, you know, I don't have a, a preference for male or female across the board. But within certain games, for some strange reason i always played the same thing even though there are many options available to me um so yeah i don't know what about you uh it it varies like you it varies i think hello there's a helicopter that's apparently going to land in my bedroom hang on yeah i can hear that oh no it's gone not my bedroom today um yeah it varies i think in my experience especially playing the soulsborne games because i am going to play those online with friends i tend to go a little bit outside the box. So I look because I'm just going to be playing with two boys. I do usually play as a female character. Yeah. Because I think that's more I think it's just it's just fun. You know, it's just a little bit of there's no there's no real conscious thought that goes into it other than, well, those two are playing as men, so I'm gonna play as a lady character. Why not? Yeah. Uh, if I'm playing a solo game like uh Fallout, for example, Mm. To an extent, I want to be reflected in my in my character, and luckily, yeah. I'm blonde and have a beard, and those are my defining traits. So, it's really easy to replicate myself in those in those kinds of games. Uh, it it'll be it'll be very rare in a game where I'm playing by myself that I create someone to play as that doesn't look like me. You know, right. because I feel like if I'm going to be staring at them for hundreds of hours, I either want them to look like me or I want them to look nothing like me, in which case I would go with a lady character. But usually I lean towards a male character that looks like me, unless I'm playing an online game where everyone is running around like a gruff military man with a beard. You know, that's everyone you're going to... Everyone in the division that you run into is a gruff military man with a beard. And not Mm. that I play the division, but if I did, I would probably choose to play as a woman for that that exact reason, just to be slightly different, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, there's nothing controversial about that, Carrie. I think it's an interesting topic. Everyone's got different reasons for playing as uh, as who they want to play as. Well, yeah, like you say, you know, you say you try and make a character that kind of looks like you. I, I wouldn't, as I say, I wouldn't necessarily do that. But uh, in this, you know, um, kind of in contrast to Carrie's partner playing uh, a female because he likes the idea of being something he's not, it says here, mm-hmm. I would, even if I'm not creating a character that looks like me, I think... I probably do have a slight uh, pre- I think there's more games where I would play as male than female and again I think the reason for that is because actually I find that easier to relate to um, so I don't necessarily feel like I want them to look like me but I kind of feel like if I'm gonna be role playing as this character it's just easier for me to get into the mind of a of a male character therefore um, you know there's, there's probably a few more games uh, where I would prefer to be as a, a male character than female but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm open to both, really. But And if there's a game where you can play as, like, crazy races, uh, Argonian is my pick in the Elder Scrolls games. Always go yeah. with an Argonian. Yeah, got to love that disease-proof breathing Water underwater. Breathing. Yes, that's that's it. That was It was that one-two combo and also looking a bit like a dragon that was the, uh, that was the fun for me. And everyone yeah. hates you. Everyone hates you. Well, yeah, but also like I I play as Khajiit because of the stealth the stealth that they have. You know, they do a lot of sneaking and lockpicking and stuff like that. Yeah. And everyone hates you in Skyrim if you're a Khajiit. And you know, they're not even allowed in the cities except you for some reason, which is yeah. never explained. I don't I don't think it's because you're the only one who promised not to hurt their chickens, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I guess so. 
Well, there we go. It's time to move on. We're we're setting a record pace this week. It's, we are. Uh, we just we just got this down to a fine art, haven't we? Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've been fumbling over myself for the past forty-five minutes, but sure. I yeah. think you've sounded perfect. Thanks. You're welcome. It's time to move on to the big. Where's the paper? Big discussion. I've got him. Big discussion time, everyone. We're hearing again from John Oliver, the host of Last Week Tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, John, I'm not going to lie. When I saw this big girthy question you put there, I actually rolled my eyes and just said to myself, why is this question so long? It better be really good. And you know what? <laughs> it, it was is. really good. So <laughs> we're going to do it. Here we go. And I will also say, and I'm sure we'll clarify again after I've said the question, neither of us are mental health professionals. We're just going to be speaking from personal experience after we've read this question. We are not qualified to be giving proper medical advice in this sense. Absolutely not. So make sure you seek responsible assistance where necessary. Hmm. Hi, Ben and Peter. Thanks for reading my question last week. I can confirm that I am not famous comedian John Oliver. However, I do work in health and social care. With it being Mental Health Week here in the UK, I attended a webinar where the focus was on positive and negative coping strategies during the COVID situation. Video games came up as a topic, with some seeing the benefits of video games as a healthy escapism, with Animal Crossing and Minecraft coming up as positive examples. However, there was a concern that people of all ages with or without mental health conditions may become over-reliant on video games during this difficult time, and possibly develop fantasy-prone personality, or FPP, a personality trait in which someone experiences a lifelong fantasy. Then there's the worry of video game addiction, which has seen an increase worldwide this year. In short, the concern is that when lockdown restrictions are lifted, there will be an increase in regards to mental health cases where video games have played a key factor. I made the case that video games in moderation are a healthy form of escapism, and we should approach them as we did before we were stuck at home a lot more often. However, I was wanting your take as to where you stand with this. Obviously, you may have a bias, but I feel it would make for an interesting discussion. Thank you very much, John. Uh, Again... We're not medical uh, professionals in any way. Uh, Take our opinions, our very biased opinions, with a pinch of salt. I will, however, repeat what we said when we talked about video game addiction when that was in the news, um, in that while you may scoff at it, just like gambling addiction, some people genuinely do reach a breaking point where they really do need help. Just because you play a lot of games doesn't mean you have video game addiction. No, not at all. it's, It's described as someone who plays so much that basically their life falls apart around them. You know, they ignore friends and family, they lose their job because they are literally addicted. So we're not talking about playing a lot of video games, we're talking about actual addiction here, and that applies to video games, drugs, gambling, alcohol, all that kind of stuff. So just to put it in the right context. But I I thought this was really interesting, Peter. Yeah, it's a really good question. And, uh, you know, especially given the uh, the strange times we're living in, as everyone keeps describing it, the strange times. Um, you know, it, it, now more than ever, I suspect, there are probably a lot of people turning to video games as not only just a, as a, a source of distraction and something to do with their day, especially if they've been furloughed and they're shut inside, etc. But also, yeah, maybe as an actual coping mechanism, uh, a bit of escapism, a way to socialize with people over the internet, um, a creative outlet. There's all kinds of reasons why people might go to video games. And I think, you know, as John says, um, you know, there are people in that 
discussion that he was involved in that uh, were um, you know, advocating video games as a beneficial thing to to engage in. And I think absolutely there are definitely lots of things to be gained from playing games, um, but it really comes down to, as you've said, Ben, the distinction between sort of addiction and just being able to, you know. Uh, play a lot of games and get something out of it and then be able to turn it off and do everything else that you need to do with your day and with your life and do your life admin you know i think if you get reliant on video games as a as a source of comfort or distraction um that can be a problem you know that shouldn't be the thing that you're relying upon to uh to help you calm down and uh sort of uh de-stress um and you know you should have the ability to stop i think is important um and i think if you start reaching the point where you feel like oh i you know my my gaming time is now starting to to take precedent over sorry pre, pre- precedent do i, what do I mean precedence yeah, yeah not precedent uh over cleaning the house cleaning myself talking to my loved ones you know that's where it can start to get problematic and um it really comes down to balancing the fact that yeah you can get things out of it but if if it if you get too stuck in a rut and uh yeah that that i think it's important to be able to check yourself mm-hmm. and uh make sure that you're just using games in a healthy way absolutely and i think it it you know video games are so often portrayed in mainstream media as well they're demonized really you know they're scapegoats they're responsible yeah. for all these horrible things thankfully that attitude is shifting as you know, the population gets older who have grown up with video games and Mm. more and more people are aware of them and familiar with them and so on and so forth. So I think there's a knee-jerk reaction and I think we saw a lot of it at the time. Are you going to turn off your car alarm? Are you just going to let it... Just That's fine. Uh, I think we saw this knee-jerk reaction when the the video game addiction stuff was first in the news uh, that... They, people felt like it was a personal attack on video games, like saying, oh, it's, you know, but it's literally not that. It's making sure that, that, that such a thing exists so that people who need the help can get it. You're not being told to play fewer games. There isn't any legislation in place to stop you from enjoying your hobby. It's just purely from a medical position. Make sure the people who are genuinely addicted can get that help that they need. And mm. I think that it's it's worth using that same attitude to look at this question and and this scenario and the results of this lockdown and stuff, just because you play a lot of games doesn't mean you're addicted, doesn't mean that doctors think that you're a bad person. These conversations, the kind that John Oliver, host of Last Week Tonight, is having with his colleagues in the the, uh, health and social care industry uh, are really important because even though they, they may be behind closed doors, the fact that these conversations are even happening in the first place is, is so important because, again, it just means that the people who n- genuinely, sincerely need help can get it because they are taken seriously. Um, yeah. And we will, if I mean, if anything that we've described or John's described in the question sounds pertinent to you and your situation or someone you know, we'll put mental health charities and support numbers and so on in the description so you can you can reach out but i think it's from my perspective and i'm sure you'll agree peter Mm. um i think it's a really good thing that it is being taken seriously so so people can get help if they need it yeah no absolutely and uh it really does come down to 
knowing whether or not I think I think it's important to 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 sort of look at your own behavior especially sort of early on you know trying try and catch yourself before it becomes a problem which is easier said than done for for sure and mm. again reiterating we're not professionals in this aspect I'm not you know qualified to say what you should and shouldn't be doing in terms of uh making sure that you're behaving healthily with video games but yeah i think you know the 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 ultimate question uh when it comes to addiction is is knowing whether you're able to um you know take care of your of yourself and your life in in the larger in a larger respect and Mm. uh you know you should you should be able to turn off your console if you know that there's things that other things that need uh need doing and it's important as well like whether or not you you think that you're in danger of uh becoming addicted to video games i think it's important even that aside uh to have other outlets uh, and other enrichment in your life you know other creative outlets other other ways of socializing with people even if it's over video call in the current situation or i mean we're in, we're now allowed in the uk to go and uh, to to meet people in under certain circumstances um and uh you know you should go out and exercise and do all these things so uh even if you're not in a position where you think oh this could become a problem you know maybe i maybe i will become addicted to video games if i shut myself in over lockdown uh, and 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 keep playing um you know it it, uh variety is the spice of life is is what they say i think so um, it's good to be mindful isn't it it's just just be mindful of what you're up to yeah, and uh, you know, try other things as well, just to so you've got plenty to do with your time, and you don't have to. If you're sitting at home thinking, "Well, I've done the dishes, I've I've eaten, I've eaten my my din dins, and I've had a shower, and now I'm just waiting out the clock until I go to bed at ten o'clock or eleven yeah. o'clock or whatever," you know, maybe if you've got more than more than your gaming to do, if mm. you've got other things in your life as well, that can be helpful. But yeah. uh, if not, there's no reason why you can't just then play games for the rest of your evening you know it's all about moderation and making sure you're just behaving healthily 100 percent. it's okay to binge video games all right that's that's perfectly fine but everything in moderation if you're playing world of warcraft from dusk till dawn every day every week that's probably not good Mm. but if you're getting a few hours in every day that's perfectly fine video games inherently are a hobby that's very time consuming And again, it's not a personal attack on you or your gaming habits. It's just something to be aware of. And the fact that medical professionals are talking about it just means that those who are struggling, perhaps in a way that you can't even understand or appreciate, will get the help they need. And it's, you know, it's no, it's not going to affect you at all. Uh, Yeah, in many ways, it won't be, this won't be relevant to a lot of the people listening yeah, they're, they're just never going to get anywhere near that but uh, you know that's a good thing in in their case and uh yeah. but as you say for those who do think oh yeah that sounds familiar you know this this reliance and this uh you know so many hours going in every single day mm. um it's good to know that there's things available for those people definitely it would be good if there's one thing that some people take away from this conversation even if it's not you know, this this gaming addiction, this, uh, what was it that John described? FPP, fantasy-prone personality, which I've, yeah. I've never heard of. Uh, you know, even if none of that is even relevant to you, I think the the principle of not taking things like this personally 
as mm. as so many did, they saw it as a direct attack on video games and their hobby. You know, just understanding that it's there for people who need it. And it's not coming after you and your games. I think that's a really important thing to take away. If you had that mindset before, maybe just just bear that in mind that these things aren't they're not there to limit your hobby in any way. Yeah. Yeah, in the same way that, you know, a lot of us probably to some extent or other go out and do a bit of exercise now and then, you know, you, you like to run on the quayside. There are people who are addicted to exercise and have to go and see medical professionals for mm -hmm. exercise addiction. And it's exactly the same thing, you know, the, the, there are things in place for people with exercise addiction. That doesn't mean that exercise is bad and that you guys shouldn't be doing it. It's, it's, it's literally the same. You just swap the word exercise for video games and that's the attitude you should take. Mm -hmm. Just because there's resources available for video game addiction, no one's saying you shouldn't be playing video games. It's for those people who have a problem and need a bit of help with it. Everything in moderation. But how yeah. good is Minecraft though? Oh, very good, very good, and That's it is nice so relaxing in in particularly in these strange times. Trademarked, yes, absolutely. Mm. Well, fantastic question, John. Uh, as I said, the charity, you know, websites, and I think it's just phone numbers actually. So the charity phone numbers, I'll put them down below. Various yeah. countries. Uh, so check them out if you need any help or assistance. Our community is amazing as well. We'll tell you how you can interact with them very shortly, but they're all very welcoming. So if you want to be, you know, a bit more involved in the community and chat to people, not necessarily about uh, mental health but just be around like-minded people who are who just who just want to play games and talk games then uh, feel free to come along and join in the fun peter yeah absolutely um you can you can do so at the following places uh at the content itself that we put out is at youtube and twitch uh youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump where we're we're doing videos and streaming uh when we stream we're moderated by law brotovich and cecil prumps lovely people very mm -hmm. good uh, we've got social media, twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Uh, Luke Eldon looks after Facebook and also does a very good job of it. Yeah. We've got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. All kinds of rewards. Ben will touch on some of those shortly. Um, but you, you, know, you can ask questions on the podcast, etc. Um, and get access to a special room in our Discord. Uh, you can get to that Discord at bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump. It's moderated by Jack, Joe, and Crimson Dragonfly. And that is the place where you can go and uh, probably easiest uh, place to go and talk to other members of our community. But of course, comment section and stream chats and so on, they're all there as well. Uh, but the Discord's always there. And there's normally a few people in there at all times, which is good. It's a nice place to be. Um the podcast you can get an audio version at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump we've got a website triple uh where we have a careers page and and other things too we've got the store and so on and uh, the solo live stream vods are all available at triple forward slash vods um where we put all of our vods now um in fact, we put that says solo live stream boss, but we now yeah, put all of our. I've just updated yeah. it. That's that's outdated. That's fine. My mistake. Yeah, I just sort of read it without actually computing the words. <laughs> but yeah, that's all. All our live stream vods now go on that channel, um, including the joint Blazit streams from Thursdays. Mm -hmm. One hundred percent. Instagram, mm -hmm. if you'd like to follow us at that Peter Austin at Ben Potter twenty on Twitter at that Peter Austin at Confused underscore Dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Thursday, we're streaming together on YouTube. The other days, we'll do solo streams on Twitch. 
And as Peter said, all of those VODs are now tripledger.mup forward slash VODs, including the joint streams. Uh, Worst Games is fortnightly. Friday for patrons of a certain tier, Sunday for everyone else. It's not a Worst Games ever week. There was one last week, though. Make sure you mm-hmm. go watch it. Podcast is every Saturday, and we do have some new shows. Uh, I think we teased them last week. We ended up having quite a busy week this week, so we didn't get yeah. around to recording the first one. But if you, there's there's a very 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 small uh, chance that uh, the the one was out this week, but there's a very good chance that there wasn't, and it will actually yeah. be next week. Next week is we will endeavour to bring you a brand new show, and we hope you enjoy it. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with algorithms. And uh, yes, as Peter said, careers triplejo.mup. There's a little careers button at the bottom of the page. The uh, entries for freelance writers is now closed. We had tons of fantastic applications and thank you so much to everyone hopefully you've uh, heard back from us now and uh, and uh, we want to th- again just thank you for for putting all the effort in we did really really strong response this time the, the best mm-hmm. crop of applications we've ever had so thank you so much and there's still time uh, to in fact you've got one day i think yeah. right to yeah. to apply for the full-time video editor job that will be in office as soon as we go back to the office in newcastle peter can Tell you all about that, though. Yeah, um, there's a little assets pack available on the careers tab for full-time in-office Newcastle, uh, full-time video editor. Um, so obviously during lockdown, well, not it's not lockdown anymore, really, is it? Or whatever it is, whatever we're doing right now during social distancing and uh, working from home, mm. you know, we're not going to necessarily bring someone in immediately, but we would like to get through the hiring process and we can certainly start start that person off remotely anyway so you do have a day left if you start now and submit <laughs> i guess by monday uh some point during monday you'll uh you'll you'll still be in the pool there but equally we've had lots of very good applicants good applicants and uh, i'm looking forward to uh contacting one of you oh, one of us one of us yeah and keep an eye out on there as always you know eventually we may well be looking at bringing on more freelance editors which is a more flexible role for those of you who are not based in the uk or not able to move to newcastle at present mm-hmm. absolutely uh so yeah triple up everything you need to know it's all there Thank you so much for listening. We've just got time to go over Peter's sponsor for this week. Tell us all about that really detailed ad read. Yep, uh, here it is. Um, Cluck and Bell, uh, which which is it's, I guess it's a it's a kind of cockerel novelty novelty cockerel alarm clock, or or maybe maybe it's a doorbell actually. Oh, yeah, it could be could be a door. Maybe it just says cluck cluck when someone's at the door, like Senor um, Ding Dong. Yeah, just like Senor Ding Dong. Actually, right down at the bottom here, it just saying tiny, tiny little little text. Cockadoodle do. It's time for chicken. What? Uh, yeah, but that doesn't help at all because we already knew it was like chicken related, didn't we? Exactly. Yeah, it must just be. I think it's a. I think it's a chicken doorbell. I think that's okay. what it is. That's got to be it. Yeah. I mean, if you think otherwise, let us know in the uh, in the uh, in the comments. But you're wrong. So yeah. you'd be wasting your time. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week. Uh, look after yourselves and stay strong out there. Right? Yes. That's strong nice yourself message. good. Exactly. Think strong. Uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.